KBLA Talk 1580. That's Miles Low. You should know that by now. You know the voice. You know the flow. And uh, you can find it wherever you get music. And you can find him on Instagram at Miles Low Music. You can find me at Deprima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then Radio, and of course, KBLA 1580 on all the things. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. Thank you very much. Thank you for your patronage. Okay, look, you heard something you liked or you didn't like from actor Isaiah Washington or in this Freedman Friday conversation, which is ongoing. We'll be doing this every Friday in the second hour of the show. Then if you want to weigh in while I have a guest on, that's fine. If you want to wait till the coast is clear and call me next hour, that's fine. 800-920-1580. To me, the most important thing is momentum, education, conversation. I call it comprehensive reparations conversation because we will have people from every point of view, every so-called camp, walk of life. Um, I don't care if you agree, disagree, we do it, you know, without disrespect and we do it in a way that broadens our understanding and fuels the momentum. And I challenge you to call in right now if you were muttering under your breath or yelling at your radio or if you are uh, typing in the chat, (laughs) 809-201580. Let's go to Fahima calling us from Washington, D.C. Good morning, Fahima. Abaragani and K Pasa Dominique, I'm going to be brief because I know there are other people that want to get in. I'm going to raise three points. First off, the notion that MAGA isn't dangerous. These people were going to kidnap and kill the governor of Michigan. You had the violent insurrection, need I say more? And, you know, uh, Isaiah Washington is a Howard grad just like I am, and he is being naive if he actually thinks Trump is going to pay reparations. He actually uh, threw uh, Giuliani under the bus after Giuliani risked his his license in his career and refused to pay him. And the last point, I sent you some receipts of an exchange between Tariq Nasheed and Ann Coulter. When, when I had uh, seen that already. Yeah, that was um, where yeah. he's, but it, he's actually kind of cuddling up to Ann on Twitter. But more importantly, Ann was telling him, make sure you don't include them Haitians or them Africans or them Caribbeans. And I don't know if you, you got it, that reparations march that, that Isaiah Washington is talking about is one that Tariq Nasheed is calling. Tariq Nasheed is calling the reparations march uh, that, that Isaiah Washington mentioned. And I'm just going to hang up and shake my head. As shaking your head. Now, listen, um, when you say that um, don't include it before you hang up and shake your head, when you say people are saying don't include the Caribbeans, don't include the Africans. Do you think that it is right for the United States to pay reparation for people that were colonized by the British or the Portuguese or the French? The only thing I agreed with what Isaiah Washington said was there is no reparations for actual slavery. It's going to be for the harm that happened pursuant to it. Like people's property being taken away from them with Bruce's Beach. People being lynched. People being discriminated against and not being able to acquire uh, uh, generational wealth. That's the only thing that I agree with him about. And the thing is, is I don't know of any African or person from the Caribbean, when, when, when Lizzie died, they were talking about what Britain owed. You know, and I just uh, Lizzie, meaning Queen Elizabeth. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. And so, um, and, and so anyway, um, I, I look forward to hearing Cam Howard's report about the conference that's taking place in Ghana. Absolutely. Thank you, Fahima. I mean, look, I, I have said repeatedly that I don't think the, the barrier should be to a point where it is robbing deserving people of their reparation. That said, I feel like it is true that Jamaicans should go seek reparation from, you know, from England and Senegal should get reparations from the, well, the those those damages that they dealt with that's i guess that would be reparation from colonialism rather than enslavement um and and so on and so forth because there are french colonizers and english colonizers and u.s colonizers and the dutch um i feel like the dutch should still be doing reparation in south africa for that matter having traveled there i i don't know you know i guess because i'm here and i I was, you know, in in uh, in my youth, I was um, part of the, you know, anti-apartheid movement, and so the the vision in my head was, well, Nelson Mandela and the ANC won; they control the government now. But when you go there, you can see they need reparation. White people still own everything; they still run everything; they still have the majority of the wealth. The majority of Black people are still living in extreme poverty and dealing with the adverse effects of that regime, just like we um, have had to deal with Jim Crow discrimination and systemic uh, institutionalized uh, racism discrimination. So I can, I can see those parallels. Uh, and I do think that the reparation struggles are worldwide. Haiti should be getting reparations from the French. Haiti paid reparations to the slave owners, to the uh, French when they overthrew that government they paid the slaveholders for their loss of property and by property we mean people so the reparations struggle clearly is a worldwide global affair and we've talked about on Friedman Fridays that it can manifest on the local right the city level which is like as in Evanston Illinois it can be on the county level could be statewide could be federal. Federal is where we've seen no progress in this country yet. Um, and it could be from the government as well as the private sector. It doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be one and done. It needs to be comprehensive, just like this conversation. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, last, time we, uh, last week on, on Freedman Friday, was talking about the role of the insurance companies and how many billions of dollars were made by insuring enslaved people, human cargo. And that is a whole other conversation about reparation, restitution, repair. Just as Georgetown has done their, um, their direct repayment to the descendants of human beings that they sold, to keep that university solvent and they actually have the records so they can trace the exact families and those families can get free tuition. And I hope they're getting room and board and books because to me, a level playing field means you get everything that those who are in the dominant group get in their journey to succeed. Um, call me 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. We can keep the reparation conversation going. There's a lot to unpack, but we can also do freestyle phones. We can talk about uh, 
Whatever else is on your mind this morning, look, we have a government for the holidays, so that's something. Uh, Michael Jordan in the chat room says reparation must be done on a federal level, but why does it have to be either or? Why can't it be both and? Call me, Michael, 809-20-1580. KBLA. Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. The Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. I do. Thank you. 800 920 Let's get it going. Let's get it heated. It is Friday. It's a Friedman Friday. It's a TGI Friday. And we're going to Prime calling us from New York City. Good morning. Good morning, morning, other coast. Morning, morning, morning. morning. Great, great. Uh, Good to be here. Uh, I have to inject some Friedman consciousness into this Friedman Friday edition. Uh, I've been a little disappointed lately with the past, uh, I'll just say, messengers on the Friedman Friday edition. There's been no Friedman consciousness into the discussion at all, at all. Well, break it down. Well, <clears throat> for one, I like to call the State Acts of Atonement the great work that's been done in California, the State Acts of Atonement, because reparations must be done and can only be done on the national level. So um, salute to California. At the same time, um, the State Acts of Atonement will be good to push for national reparations, and I believe that's a part of their agenda and and that's a part of their legislation they're pushing for federal reparations as well because uh the people in or the american freedmen in california they're getting those state acts of atonement but not uh the people in illinois not the people in uh texas not the american freedmen in new york city where i am so uh reparations has to be comprehensive like you say and it has to be on a national level uh slavery jim crow redlining etc it happened all over the country, not just in California. Furthermore, uh, the budget, as far as eliminating the wealth gap, it doesn't, it's not able to do that by way of uh, the California budget. Right. I mean, we know California is a huge state with a big budget, but your point is taken. However, um, Prime, here's my question. What about a process like what we saw with marriage equality where, or as we're starting to see now with cannabis, where more and more and more states adopted and eventually the feds come on board? Prime? Yeah, there? I mean, I personally wouldn't. I heard you. Thank you for yeah. the question. Okay. I personally wouldn't. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So I personally wouldn't compare marriage equality to reparations or anything of that nature. But I do appreciate what California uh, Task Force has done. They are uh, paving the way for a, a good push on a national level. So, for example, before there was the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, there was New York City in 1827, which uh, abolished slavery on the state level. We had Pennsylvania that abolished slavery in 1780. And um, it was a gradual abolition. That makes sense. Right. So, but that's the point I was making. I wasn't talking about reparations being like marriage equality. I was saying the um, political process of the momentum being built up at the state level, pushing the feds to take action. That's what I was talking about. Right. Right. I agree with that. My problem is only is the messaging and the narrative 
you're a part of the media, and the media is very important. So when you call that reparations, people will start getting confused. A lot of people are misinformed about reparations. Yeah. They'll think, well, California already gave reparations. What do you need? That's why I like to call it state equity initiatives or state acts of atonement. Reparations must be done on a national level. But if we separate it, I understand what you're saying. If we separate it, does that make it where it doesn't add to the momentum? Oh, that's atonement. That's not reparation. Reparation has never been done. I'm just, I'm asking. No, no, because like you said, which we do agree on, is good work to get done on the state level that can push it for the federal level. So even if we separate it, we know that it would be justice for the American freedmen. One is just justice on the state level, and the other <clears throat> would be remedial justice on the national level, which we would call reparations. Prime, I haven't heard you call yourself Negro or African American or Black. Just Freedman. Is why do you choose? Why do you think that's important in terms of the terminology of what we call ourselves? Great question. Great question. I understand that Negro, Black, and all of those racist classifications are badges and incidents of slavery. So with the freedman consciousness that I have and the understanding that I have, I have to acknowledge my freedman ancestors and acknowledge the freedman status by way of the, the it's acknowledged by the government. And um, it, it, it's better to call us the uh, American freedmen because we can get resources. That's a part of our history. But I personally find it offensive to uh, be called a Negro, and I would never want any white person in media <laughs> or just publicly and socially in a bar calling me Negro, or if I had any children, to call them Negro either. And I would think, and matter of fact, I know by way of the 1970s and 1960s, we moved away from that racist classification of Negro and we went to black. Now, it still is the same thing. At the same time, I think most of us are more agreeable to black. Than but what about all these uh, other, I mean, you don't call yourself FBA or, you know, B1 or you don't call, you know, you don't call yourself uh, DOBA, ADOS. I mean, there's there's a lot of different, uh, you know, sort of, I guess, theories on that. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> When they, when they mention all of those things, ADOS, FBA, I know that we're talking about the same group of people who are the American freedmen. Also, there's a self-identity thing. So people will self-identify as FBA. Some people self-identify as American descendants of slavery. Last week, we had a lawyer on there. And uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm going to acknowledge and, and elevate the consciousness of the freedmen family and push for the freedman status. That was a, that was an attorney in Kichi Taifa. For some reason, yeah. we got uh, <laughs> we got I think reported or something. So I don't know if that one's available, but hopefully oh, wow. they'll let it they'll let it come back to the internets. Uh, but you can still find it wherever you get your podcast. But yeah, um, Prime, wow. I appreciate the call, and also you know a lot of people have been reaching out to me um, through DMs, through um, through email, through every which way you can reach me uh, with suggestions and ideas for who they would like to have on Freedman Friday. I'm very much open to that. You can hit me at DePrima Radio on any of the platforms. You can hit me um, at KBLA1580. I have an email, Radio at Gmail. You can uh, reach out to me there. And we've already had a lot of suggestions. I appreciate people um, being part of this creative process because when I say comprehensive, 
And if you're feeling like you're not hearing something, it's probably we haven't gotten there yet. Or maybe we don't know about it. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's already scheduled and you just haven't heard it yet. So we're just getting this started. And we are, um, I am very, very um, sincere in my desire to to have all comers. Let's talk about it. There's no... There's no off limits. There's no taboo in this conversation, this momentum about reparations. I would I would love to hear the Freeman Conscious family on your show uh, to push the Freeman Fridays. I, I haven't heard that. I do remember uh, Naheem, the one of the co-founders of the United Sons and Daughters of Freeman. Yeah, it seemed yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he did no say one came on no. I actually haven't received his information yet, but um, he does have mine, so I, I'm expecting to be hearing um, from from someone soon. And you know, it like I said, we're just getting started. Friday only comes once a week, so uh, keep it locked, and we will definitely um, be including all perspectives. And I appreciate you calling Prime, just uh, you know, making it plain, being engaged, being part of this conversation. Eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. If you want to do what Prime just did, we're going to Molly Bell straight out of Compton. <laughs> Good morning. Reparations in memory of our ancestors. God bless. Morning to you, Dominique to all of uh, our guests that you've had on and to the listeners and KBLA family and delegation and, of course, to the chat room. We've had a ball this morning. <laughs> and <laughs> we, we have. And so, first of all, I'm going to say that um, I think Isaiah Washington, wasn't he there at the, um, I forgot that theater where we were when your son fix the whole that's right when my dad the tribute we did to my dad and mary barackley roy jones yes he did he performed uh, or he spoke and tavis yes, smiley did. spoke and glenn Turman. it was a beautiful day thank you for reminding me of that and, and and when and when that come in my head i keep saying even though miles played about get it while you're young it mean i can't get it at all now <laughs> <laughs> he's so silly I, yes you can I, molly bell quit lying you know my age and i would just like for a minute uh uh since you did evoke mr Uh, people's name uh this is some of the things that we have put down for reparation not all of them uh it's just but let me just go through them and i'll do it quickly for reparations we have said we need land acquisition to restore the land taken from our ancestors in every state and especially where slavery existed we need lifetime allowance for medical care, housing, food, transportation, and fuel. We need exemption from federal, state, county, and city taxes for a lifetime. We want no interest rate charges on anything for a while. And, you know, they threw our bodies over the, in the ocean. We never were ever buried. So we had said we want expenses for paid bur- funerals and burial. We want scholarship mon- money. We want cash allocation and a lump sum. We want repatriation to Africa. Repatriation, yeah. Yeah, or our choice. We want dual citizenship for Africa. But you've been so many times, I don't know how many times you're a citizen of Africa. (laughs) You did that that on your own. We want to release political prisoners. We want to teach African history, including the real history of slavery, funding of business, private schools, building of museums. That's the reason why 
is not just money. Because if we spend it, unless we are the recipients of all the car dealerships, that means the system of white supremacy, our captors will be the one who get the most. But I'm going to take it if they give it to us, all right? <laughs> and I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. And that's why we have to talk about it. And the things that Isaiah Washington was saying, I listened to him, and uh, I had fun because whatever it is, he's still my brother. Mm. He is still my brother. I still love my people. So I'm saying for reparations, we need to talk about it because some of the things haven't been listed. I, I haven't heard them say all of these different things. Maybe certain people, certain ages, certain groups, maybe we need to find out uh, of what really go into uh, what happened to us as slaves. How did it affect us and how, how we're supposed to live? Reparation is real. Reparation is something that we've got to stand up and fight for. And we could ask for it in increment. That's how I pay my house note, some little bit every month. So I could take reparations that way. And we should never, ever give up on ourselves. Never. All right, Molly Bell, you're going to hold that thought for me because I know you got your clothes out which long before reparations became a national conversation has always included that. Um, you, you can do what Molly Bell did. Call me, 809-201-1580, 809-201-1580. KBLA Talk 1580, 40 acres and a mic. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. When. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Molly Bell called me on 809-20-1580. She was also talking smack in the chat. Well, I won't say smack. She was stirring the pot in the chat. Um, but Molly Bell wanted to, you know, give you a chance to continue what you were saying. You brought up a lot of points about what you and your cohort think reparations should consist of. And uh, to be fair, Molly Bell has been an activist working toward the goal of reparations uh, for many years. She's not new to this. So go ahead. All right. Thank you, Dominique. I, I'm going to say this. Everybody in the like room or wherever you are, be sure to hit the like button. I look and see how many people are on there, and then we only have a few likes. I know they count this because uh, didn't uh, uh, Isaiah Washington talking about things going viral? They count all these algorithms is that yeah is that what all you're that right stuff? they count all this and i'm saying we are so awesome we've got to be counted i i'm going to ask this last question and you could answer it off the air and i'll say my closing for reparations for money do you think we need to have a, a board of directors or somebody who would be the accountant who would be over this to make sure that it's distributed correctly how will we get it? You know, I mean, of course, I've seen cut the check, but how will we get it uh, unless we have a board of directors? And who do you think should be on it? Listen, are you prayer, war are you prayer warriors off out there? You know what you've got to do. You've got to keep fasting. You've got to keep praying because the struggle continues and always to God be the glory. Thank you, Dominique. 
Thank you, Molly Bell. Thank you for stirring the pot and encouraging folks to hit the like button. It does help us. The more you get the app on your phone, listen to KBLA, of course, during First Things First, but all day long we've got some great shows. Some of you guys don't even realize that D.L. Hughley does a show on KBLA uh, from 2 to 4 uh, Pacific time every single day. And Tavis Smiley comes on every day after me from 9 to noon Pacific time. We've got some great shows and incredible weekend lineups. So uh, you can find out all about it at kbla1580.com and certainly uh, we appreciate the likes the subscribes and the engagement so many interesting points being brought up and going around and around in the chat Um, and I think this is exactly why we have this conversation Michael Jordan said reparations must be done this is from the chat on the federal level and I think that is also the point that Prime was making my point is why why does it have to be either or we can can't we have city state federal uh corporate um you know the non so-called nonprofits like these ed- educational institutions right and also government all have profited from the enslavement of black people of human cargo of um the descendants of african people that is the uh, commonality between them. Cities, states, counties, churches, educational institutions, and private corporations, especially insurance companies. And you, if you were listening, you know, in the first hour, Ed Sanders was saying no, because if we give a reparation in California uh, or we give a reparation on a city level, then those people in Washington can say, well, it's done now. We don't have to deal with this any further. And I think that they would try that. They would try that talking point, but it's up to us, the citizens of this country, the change makers, the activists, the so-called voters to not allow that. I myself feel that reparation is like now like the third rail in politics no one wants to touch it they'll talk about it when it's not time to write a check they'll talk about it being for a study let's do a study let's have a task force but when it comes to pulling the trigger writing a check passing a law uh lowering a tax removing an obstacle that becomes more controversial and I think it becomes controversial because of the electability issue. I believe politicians think that having actually given redress to black Americans will be an albatross around their neck that will keep them from being politically viable in the future. How do we change that? Because we change public opinion. That's what um, Dick Gregory and I used to talk about all the time. He felt it would take 50 years to get to reparations. That was probably 15 years ago we had that conversation. I believe we will get there ahead of schedule in a way we already have. Uh, If you count the efforts of places like Evanston, Illinois, it is starting to happen. They're actually moving money, moving resources. I believe we will see legislation here in California in 2024, at least some, not everything on our agenda, but at least some. But for me, you know, my reparations team is Team Rihanna. Be better have my money. Yes, it's not just about money, but it has to include cash. I believe that. 
Um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. 800-920-1580. 800-920-1580. Now, the president could right now, and I'm talking about Biden right now, this second, he could sign an executive order that would put H.R. 40 into, a, into effect as far as creating a federal study. Is he going to do it? I don't think so. I believe um, that with an election <laughs> and the polling, the polling that the Biden administration is facing now, which means they're on very shaky ground at this moment, Trump is leading in a couple of uh, recent polls. Now, the president and the White House have rightly said a lot can happen between now and then that early polls are often misleading, but they are warning signs. And especially when you see the drift of black people and Latinos, some Latinos towards uh, Republicans, specifically Trump. If imagine if, if Joe Biden did sign a reparations executive order, well, yeah, he'd probably lose some, maybe a lot of white voters. I don't know. But who put him across the finish line? It was us. It was black voters. And even though I believe that our current president has done, has made good on many of his promises, not all, but many of his promises to black America, a lot of people don't agree with that. They don't think he's done enough. They say, what has Biden done for me lately? If he was to sign an executive order on reparations, that conversation would be over. There's no president that you can name who's done more than that, at least not in recent history. Um, And it certainly would, I believe, galvanize the black vote behind Biden in a way that nothing else would, that absolutely nothing else would. Even some hardcore progressives who thought they never, ever, ever, ever vote for Biden will probably step up and vote for him if he did that. I guess for the White House and and all politicians, it's a cost-benefit analysis. How many conservative voters, how many white voters, how many voters from other ethnic communities that don't know our history well enough to understand why African Americans, uh, black Americans, freedmen, Negroes, the descendants of enslaved peoples have been promised reparation and the U.S. government has reneged. Just because you're, you are not cognizant of that or you're not clear in the history, there are some uh, people from other ethnic communities that he haven't been taught that, haven't done the research on their own, and don't agree. So does he lose those voters? Maybe so. But I believe the wave, the wave of momentum from young people, and, and not just young black people, because young people, the Generation Z and A, they're next level. They really are. And I think they would support, they would come out and vote in droves. I don't see that happening, but I, stranger things have happened. I know folks from the White House and other, other um, political circles do listen to KBLA on the regular. And so take my advice, Mr. Biden, ha! sign an executive order. Now, if that doesn't happen, you know, especially based on what's been happening on the international stage and the positions taken by the Biden administration, I do think they may be in greater trouble than they think they are. Love to hear your thoughts. 
800-920-1580. I'm Dominique DePrima, and this is KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. Bell, straight out of Compton, was talking about this idea of having a board of directors if there was a reparations fund. And so if the uh, restitution dollars or resources are coming from a government body, i.e. federal, state, local government, then they're probably going to be dispensing those funds. We have um, a bill right now, which will be voted on in 2024, to create a Freedmen's Bureau in California. And so I assume that they would be responsible for dispensing those funds, um, and that would be set up as a semi-independent government entity. If you're talking about Uh, Molly Bell, like private corporations like the Georgetown, uh, they have a reparation program where they're giving redress to the descendants of the enslaved persons that they sold to keep that university solvent. And that is that has its own private board, which is part of the university appointed by them. So I guess it depends on a case by case basis. When you talk about a board of directors, it depends on where that reparation is coming from. Um, how it would be administered. There is a reparations conference going on right now in Ghana, um, and they're pushing for a global reparation fund uh, to give compensation for the descendants of enslaved Africans, but that's global. And so we know that Africa's children during uh, the period of enslavement went were stolen off the continent, kidnapped, taken to many parts of the planet, Brazil, all throughout the Caribbean. Um, And what I learned, you know, in the most memorable way possible in Tanzania was they were also taken to the Arab world, right? They were taken to um, many Arab nations. And you don't hear as much about that, partly because they had a different system. They castrated most of the men, the black enslaved people were mostly castrated. Once castrated, they were able to move uh, through society. Although they were enslaved, they could actually hold positions in government and such. The women, if they were taken as, as wives, were still enslaved. But those children, in other words, if somebody owns you and you have their baby, the baby was born free. So then that means all of that black ancestry and DNA is incorporated into those Arab communities um, just in their family. But the women, the mamas, were still enslaved. It was the most startling thing. They actually had pictures there at the the museum in Tanzania of women uh, who were kidnapped and enslaved. And after they abolished slavery, those women who were taken as wives under slavery were the only ones that were never freed. But I digress. The point is that they're in Ghana right now talking about a global reparation fund. Again, why not locally? Why not cities, counties, states, um, countries, and a global fund? Does that have to be uh, mutually exclusive? I don't think so. Um, But this is 
a convening in Ghana where they're Again, whether you agree with what they're doing and how they're doing, and this is the African Union that's convening this, uh, because they now recognize the diaspora as a piece of the African uh, continent, a piece of the African legacy, is Africa's children wherever they are. Um, they didn't. They haven't, as far as what I've been able to figure out from the reporting, uh, they have not. Um, come up with a structure of how those funds would be administered. Uh, Dr. Uh, Naka Lagoke, who was on this show last week, is there. Dr. David Horn, who's a Southern California reparations activist uh, and in COBRA um, uh, activist, is there. And there are many others, including uh, officials from the African Union. And um, they're... they're um, initiative to deal with the healing, the repair, the redress of Africa's children throughout the diaspora. And and that is why you're seeing more and more. I believe it's up to six countries now where black Americans are eligible to get dual citizenship based on our, uh, relationship to the continent. Um, is that part of reparation? I don't know. Will I, I believe it is. Will I take it? Absolutely. Um, 809 if you want to weigh in. It's not too late before Tavis Smiley steps into the building. I'm Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. power. However you see it, um, we are part of the solution because we are keeping the conversation going, educating ourselves and each other, and uh, we are pushing for reparation. That's why we're doing Freedman Friday. If you want to be involved and included, please hit me up in DMs on uh, KBLA 1580 on any of the social media platforms or my personal one, DePrima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A Radio. And then, you know, like, subscribe, follow, comment, all that stuff is good. The momentum is building. Right now, while we're having a conversation in on YouTube in the chat and, and, and on the radio in real time um, and on Twitter, I mean X, wherever else we are, um, there's another conference going on in Ghana. Right in now in Accra, Ghana, with African Union officials and people from all over the world talking about how do we create a fund and then distribute it. Um, in San Francisco, there is a reparations commission, not just the state task force, but a city task force. Los Angeles has one. The city of Atlanta has one. And they're talking about um, how they can get creative to get reparations to black people because the state of Georgia has some kind of weird law that doesn't allow reparations payments, cash payments to individuals. So the city council is looking at workarounds um, and they have, um, that's what, according to Black Enterprise Magazine, they're, they're trying to figure out how to pay without paying. Pay me reparations without saying you're paying me reparations. <laughs> um, so I think it is happening those people who say, you know, why should people have to pay? They they never held slaves or there's not enough money or the people won't like it. They may all 
you know, have reasons for what they're saying, but the tide is turning. The consciousness is changing and reparations is happening. The question is how deep, how wide, how far, and how? And that's what we continue to put forth with this Freedom Friday. The quotes are back. You asked for it, and I have complied. Um, so today I'm leaving you with a quote from Ta-Nehisi uh, Coates because he certainly jump-started the reparations conversation in recent years. He says, you can oppose reparations all you want, but you got to know the facts. You really do. The best of Tavis Smiley is up next, and uh, he's got a great, great show on deck for you. I'm Dominique DePrima. I'll talk with you all weekend long on the social media space. Please hit me up there. History is now, and we are making it together. Until Monday, one love.